welcome to the Bored and Bitchy podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, question mark. I'm Evie, and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London. Hi, everyone. I'm Kat, a California girl currently living in Arizona. And my warning for you is that we drop profanity every single week. It's guaranteed to be sprinkled in. And with that, Evie, do you have any news for us? Two pieces of news. I mean, one isn't really news because for all our 90 day heads that are fully committed and on that Discovery Plus streaming (laughs) service, uh, you saw on the part three of the tell-all that Veronica, uh, Tim's ex, revealed that she is dating Kimberly's son, Jamal. So he, the internet sleuths were totally right. Though Jamal was not as likable on the tell He seemed very cocky. He's very argumentative. I don't know. I did not like his vibe on the tell I like happily ever after Jamal or around mom Jamal. But yes, they're dating, though it was established that it is casual it's not serious. And Jamal made it very clear that he is, you did the warning, right, about language. He's definitely yes. fucking other people. So <laughs> it's kind of reminds me of, um, remember when uh, Kim Kardashian was talking about how she and Pete Davidson came to be. And so people started taking that audio and pretending that they're telling their kids like how, you know, the love story between me and daddy. Well, basically I was DTF. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I needed to get dicked down because it's been a while. <laughs> and then now Daddy was packing heat. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Veronica seems very digmatized. Tim was like not feeling the situation because he was like, listen, you are lying to yourself right now. You know you want a serious relationship. You are not fucking anyone else, even though that seems to be the agreement. And she's like, oh, it's only because I'm too lazy to you know, initiate something else. And he's like, you're not cool with the situation, but you're acting like you're cool with it. And I don't know why you're putting up with this kind of thing. And I think that really aggravated Jamal, which added to like him being very aggro versus the like level-headed sweet Jamal we're used to. So yes, that is a reveal. So not really news, but maybe news to you. I wanted you to know that. And for the people... That don't watch the single life. Yeah, that's me. Because my, my here's the thing. My husband watches it, like I've told you. And so he had it on today. And he's like, oh, my God, look. Like, you know, Tim's ex and, and that guy, the son of someone. Because he doesn't watch, like, the 90-day um, happily ever after the way I do. But he'll tune in and sometimes, like, over my shoulder watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, Evie told me about this. And honestly, I think they look good together. I know they're not a couple. But, like. Why not? You know, have fun. As long as it's between two consenting adults, have at it. Yeah, I mean, agreed. They seem like there was a lot of chemistry and attraction. Apparently, the first time she saw him was on Pillow Talk with Tim. And she literally, they played back the clip and she's like, oh, who's the hell? What is he? Like, <laughs> is he legal? <laughs> so, I mean, again, God bless if they're both consenting adults. But I can also see what Tim is saying. Because I do think Tim and her have a genuine real friendship and love for each other obviously they're co-parents so I think he Mm -hmm. does is looking out for his best interest and he probably does know that like she is gonna fall hard for this guy if she likes him this much and if he's like very much being like yeah I'm banging other people it might not end well for Veronica but she said she's fine with it so that's Mm -hmm. what it is I mean Um, I took he just he seems jealous um I think it's less so like caring about her getting hurt. I think he he seems genuinely jealous. Like he doesn't want to share his best friend with anyone. Really, I didn't get jealousy vibe. I got like catty. I'm trying to make good TV 
and I'm like genuinely bitchy Tim for the television. Oh, okay. I could see that, right? Because he's got to show off those like, what were they like the iridescent boots that he was rocking last time when he was a surprise um, commentator with Kenny? Yeah, I felt like he it was a combination of like, I know you're going to get hurt, girl. And then I'm going to be the one having to like bring over the hog and dawes and like, like have- he minds like he's not <laughs> over there every every single evening. <laughs> Well, exactly. But either way, I didn't feel like it was jealousy, but it could. I'm not saying, you know, I don't know him. He could actually be jealous. Uh, The other piece of news that we have is Molly, you know, who divorced Luis. She was very, had a very alrific uh, (laughs) season. But, you know, Molly is beloved on Pillow Talk, as is her partner in crime and best friend on Pillow Talk, Cynthia. Anyone who watches Pillow Talk has grown to love these two as a pair. They are not only best friends. They are not only besties or whatever featured on Pillow Talk. They are also business partners. Because if you remember, Molly owns like a bra lingerie. Lingerie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, way before being on 90 Day. So that is a business she owns with Cynthia. Very sad to announce that they've announced the disillusion of their friendship. Oh, no. Um, They haven't gone into specifics as to why they're no longer friends, but they are not friends. So Cynthia has said she will no longer be featured on Pillow Talk with Molly. And they are currently figuring out how to separate business-wise when it comes to the shop. And I just think it's so sad because they seem to have like a real chemistry. And I don't know, you know, we have no idea what causes it. Imagine the stress of not only being best friends, owning a business together, and now being on a show together probably puts a lot of strain on a relationship. I know. Like, I'm thinking, like, I would be genuinely sad if you and I were no longer friends. I mean, we don't have a business other than this very lucrative podcast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, like, that's that does make me sad. TLC, I'm ready to fuck Kat over at any time <laughs> if you would like to offer me any kind of opportunity. <laughs> I am so glad you didn't stop at fuck. Because I was like, whoa, whoa, I'm not willing to do certain things for a dollar. No, I'm not doing all that. But, yes, Cat, <laughs> who? We could have her out in a second. Bring in Renee, uh, Angela's paid best friend, the smoker. Just wait till I get um, requests for interviews on what really happened behind the scenes, bitch. <laughs> I need you to accept a six-part Netflix miniseries <laughs> a la Harry and Megan to tell your whole story. Damn, is it really six parts? That's a lot of parts. Yes, and okay. I'm just not proud to say I've already watched them all. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> Should we get into the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, the show. Oh, my God. Okay, six parts, you know, sagas continue in 90 Day because Jenny and Summit, I think this is like their sixth time. Um, one of the franchises and the saga continues jenny girl you are never going to be accepted submit dude like stop it's either your family or jenny right and i think it was like we're at the end of our rope jenny's like i got one more ace up my sleeve i'm gonna throw this out to the dad and see how he reacts dad father-in-law we are gonna go to the u.s if you are not going to accept me dad says bon voyage <laughs> fine by me he's like uh do you need me to help pack your bags uh do you want me to like pull up kayak real quick we could look at like flight times also your mom said don't let the <laughs> the door hit you where the good lord split you because you know you're not welcome at the house so yeah bon voyage enjoy your time in america 
And Samit was like, wait, what? Papa? <laughs> You're willing to let me go? The brother didn't even bat an eye. They're like, go to America. We don't care. I know. Honestly, the brother's like, I've been, you know, I've been trying to be the golden child for a while. And since you met Jenny, you really opened up that door for me. So thank you. I know he's like, this is just another feather in my cap. I didn't leave the country. I didn't marry a geriatric bride. Like, I am fucking winning. Right. He got married and he had a child. And he's like checking off all the boxes that are expected of him by his society. Sumit is trying to check off a few boxes like he's hasn't been willing to leave Jenny to appease his family and he has made it very clear once again to Jenny that he has no interest in leaving in America that was not part of the original plan he does not want to be away from his friends and family and everything he knows and new twists that he liked to drop on her also he's in his mid to late 30s now and he thinks it's about time he adopted a child because that might actually maybe mend the bridge with his parents, possibly. It's just so funny to me that, like, Jenny thought that she was going to be living out the retired life of her dreams with her husband, who's, you know, half her age. And instead, that husband is like, no, I'm going to go back to work. So you're going to be at home by yourself. Also, we're adopting a child, even though I've never spoken to you about it. And since I'm going to be at work, your geriatric ass is going to be at home caring for this child on your own. Well, maybe her and Kimberly could start a support system for like grandmas who are also mamas. Oh, no. uh, um, oh my God. But no, yeah, I mean, Sumit is something else because like, yes, this is not one of these little things that you just drop on your wife in front of her daughter who's about to leave, who's already like not 100% sure about the situation. (laughs) Um, But also, Sumit is not selling this very well because he's not saying, you know, like I know when we met, I was much younger. That was 10 years ago. I didn't think I wanted to have a child at that time. And now I see that maybe I'm changing my mind. Maybe that is something I want in my life. No, his whole proposition is, you know, my parents hate you for many a reason, um, mainly because you're old and you can't change that, but also because you can't give me a child. And if we adopt a child, there might be acceptance. And it's like, that is not a good reason to Mm -hmm. adopt and raise a child, Samit. I mean, unfortunately, there are a lot of children who need homes, but like this should not be one of those homes. and yeah, you're, I was totally like, this is a parallel to Usman's plan, except I hope Summit doesn't go after his brother's child because I know his brother's going to say no. Uh, it's just, it's funny, right? He's doing this to appease his parents and his parents are like, you know, you got to have children. They're one of the many joys of life. It's like the caveat is they're one of the many joys of life until they disappoint you with their life choices. And then you won't even spit on them to put them out if they're on fire. Well, exactly. I feel like when the dad was like, you know, this woman can't give you children. How can you not have a child? There is nothing like having your own child so that you can berate them and out <laughs> oust them from the family and destroy their self-esteem when they don't do exactly what you want them to do. You'll never get to experience that, Sumit. It's just joys of life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's take this over to this other crazy adoption and story Usman and Kimberly they finally go meet um with Usman's brother and sister-in-law right and we learned last week 
he had yet to have the conversation with his brother and sister-in-law about adopting their child. So uh, let's do it now with Kim present and let's see how this goes. Yeah, that's it's not like a major topic that you need to like prep people for. It's something you could just <laughs> drop on them. Um, just, you know, invite them to a park and be like, hey, can I take your child uh, 7,000 miles away? Are you okay with that? There's going to be and, free schooling. Don't forget that. And then I think you did it best. How did the brother react when he heard this uh, proposal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, sister-in-law shot him like some daggers, like, fool, if you don't <laughs> stop with this nonsense. She's like, I don't even understand English, but based on my husband, eh, I know who's some nonsense. So it's going to be a hell to the no for me. And, you know, like the whole thing was, Usman laid it out. You know, we're going to give him the best schooling. He's going to go to the U.S., going to have all the opportunities. And I'm sure part of the confusion, obviously, most of it was like this idea that you want to adopt my child and you haven't told me yet. But there was another part of it that I'm sure was like, well, I had no idea that Kim made that kind of money. Because the truth is, I don't think that Kim is in poverty, obviously, but like, does this woman have the money to give her, give this kid the best education in the U.S.? I don't think so. Well, I don't know about the best education in the U.S. Maybe Usman is thinking the best, better education than what he's getting now. Again, I don't know his brother and his wife's uh, situation. Oh, yeah, he so, could be in private school. Yeah, I have no idea, but I'm assuming that because Usman made such a big deal about it, that that would be a selling point, that they would be like, oh, wow, he could go to school in America, these opportunities. But clearly it wasn't that big of a selling point as much as Usman thought because his brother made it very clear that what is most important to him and his wife is that Mahadi is not only raised to understand his uh, Nigerian tribal traditions, but most importantly, that he is raised by the Islamic faith and that's when Kimberly had to uh, chime in as quiet as she's been to be like, hold up, hold up. I'm not converting. All right. <laughs> I, I will wear a soldier boy shirt every single day. I'll have 20 in rotation. I am willing to be the girlfriend auditioning, wife auditioning and so training. <laughs> I will share you with another woman. But changing <sighs> religions, I'm not doing. Oh, my God. I, the saddest part out of all of this was that Kim when they started this whole thing, she was flattered by being called the potential. (laughs) That she was even in the running was flattering to her. And now she should be flattered that she potentially will be raising Usman's nephew slash adopted son full time while Usman is doing what? I don't know. You know, he has a music career to pursue. In Nigeria still. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess is this going to be her and Mahadi? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just fucking crazy to me. Um, And, you know, and like Kim said, she's not willing to convert. And in my notes, I put in parentheses yet because there has been so much that Kim, quote unquote, wasn't willing to do that she is now doing. Like the fact that she has gone down the path of I will not share him with anyone. Okay, I will share him, but I must be the first wife. I will not be the second wife. Okay, well, I guess if I need to be the second wife, I'll be the second wife. Oh, I can be the first, but we got to adopt your nephew. All right, well, let's go have this meeting. You know, it's like, when is, when are you actually putting your foot down, Kim? Well, that's what Jamal is wondering. You know, he like expressed that to his mom and she's like, I get why he's being so negative. You know, he, 
he's never thought he's going to have a little brother. He's like, I don't think that's the reason, Cam. Like, that's not, <laughs> I don't think he's not worried about sharing your attention. Um, he's genuinely looking out for you. Delusion runs thick. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But then, you know, Jamal also, again, very eloquently expresses to um, Usman things that should be kind of obvious to most people. But again, it, it seemed like a light bulb moment to Usman for him to be like, you know, you just can't spring adoption on people like your brother and your mom. These are big things that turn people off and get them upset. But also just like trying to reason with him like this is a really big thing that you can't just kind of talk my mom mm-hmm. into you or don't appreciate like she actually has made a lot of sacrifices for you and Usman face was kind of like bro I gave you a ps5 why are you <laughs> acting up like that? I thought we had an understanding I thought we had rapport <laughs> I mean I didn't I why are you having so many opinions I gave you a ps5 <laughs> I mean, I I can understand why that would be very confusing and just like make him feel bamboozled. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I want that console back. All right. Because that was technically my gift that Kim gave me and I gave it to you. We gifted it to you. uh, But now I think I want it back. Well, who do you think is more confused, Usman or Jovi? I'm going to say Jovi because Usman seems to be kind of driving that crazy fucking car. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Where Jovi, I think, like, he is definitely not in the driver's seat. He wants to be. But, yeah, Yara's not allowing it. Um, everyone's kind of the driver here. Again, I'm like, why are there so many cooks in the kitchen? Like, I love you, my friend. Jovi, you wanted to bring along your drinking buddy for some fucking reason. Who knows? Um <laughs> But we don't need the peanut gallery chiming in on their marriage issues every five mm-hmm. minutes. So it seems like it'd be fun. I feel like next time I'm around you and your husband, I'm just going to constantly bring this stuff. So he could be like, what the fuck is she doing? He's like, are you still here? When are you going back to London? A cat told me she wanted another baby. <laughs> kind of do. I kind of do. Um, <laughs> no, but so I understand Joby's confusion. I do. But... The way he reacts to it's as if every single time he hears this, it's like brand new news. Like he 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 must recognize that Yara misses her family and that her feelings about missing her family have nothing to do with like how she sees, I guess, her relationship to him or like her need for him. Because he's thinking like, I got to I got to be with you like I have to be here to keep you safe. Jovi, you're not going to be with her in Louisiana. You're going out of the country for work. So I don't understand. Also, he was completely like blindsided by the idea that she's been miserable in the U.S. I don't think Yara has flat out said I'm miserable, but she also hasn't hidden the fact that she does not like Louisiana. I was going to say, I was with you on your whole train of thought and agreeing until you said, you know, Jovi feels like her missing her family has affects their relationship. And I'm like, well, I mean, when your spouse says, I've been fucking miserable for the last two and a half years when I'm with you and in where you live, where we live. <laughs> I think you would take that as a little bit of a personal blow. I might be hurt by That's that. Fair. I guess I was just more so thinking she doesn't like Louisiana not being with me. But you're right. You're right. Louisiana runs in Joby's blood. So how dare you speak ill of Nola and uh, Louisiana? Well, not just that. I feel like if I've been married to 
you for if, if I'm married to my husband for three years and he says, well, the last three years of my life have been the most miserable years. I'm going to take it kind of personally. <laughs> I guess it semantics do matter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah, okay. I just wish someone would be the mature person. Like, again, Jovi, I think if he, like, I, I, I hate the way they communicate. She did not approach us right. He did not approach us right. We've said this a million times. I wish he would just, like, say, you know what? Fine. I will head back. You stay here for the two, three months, whatever it is that I'm at work. But can we make an agreement that you will be back with my daughter? When I'm back from work, because I want to be with you guys. You're, we're a family. We should be together. And if she doesn't agree to that, then yeah, there's a fucking problem and much bigger in this relationship. But if she says like, yeah, that's all I want. I want to spend this time being with my mom, having that additional support, supporting mm-hmm. my friend and other Ukrainian refugees by treating them to spa days <laughs> and to uh, afternoon teas and to like woolly sweaters. And yes, I feel like, why can't we reach this compromise? Okay, on that, <laughs> um, do you really think that, like, Yara and her friend are going to start, like, a Red Cross type of situation for Ukrainian refugees? I don't know. That is a beautiful, I do like, German, like, ski town that they're in. So maybe mm-hmm. she's going to put out, like, a notice, like, come one, come all, <laughs> Ukrainian, displaced women, I will treat you to this, like, hot natural bath spa day and i'll help you like pick a sweater you know maybe it's gonna be like a sweater per person i don't know all jokes aside obviously the plight of the ukrainian people is fucking awful yes horrible anything you could anything that yara does to help is amazing i just think it's funny that she keeps using like the reason that she wants to help other people it's fine to say i just want to be here to be with my family because i've been away for, for two and a half years yeah, and like I don't mean to minimize or make a mockery of her desire to help because I I I have been fortunate enough to never have never experienced what she's experiencing. Um and so I think if I were in her shoes, obviously I'd want to do something too, but the reality of it is like, well, what would I do? And so that's what it comes back to like, well, what is Yara's plan, right? If she, if this is her argument, I want to be here to help people. What is she going to do on European soil that she can't do from the U.S.? Yeah, I am literally not sure other than just spend time with her. <laughs> just get a spas and Willie's waters. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, um, it's just interesting that the friend is like, Jovi, you are so controlling and so self-centered. Think about all the good that we could do if Yara stays behind. <laughs> Think of all the sweaters I could have at the end of the street, which I need because I had to leave my home because of war. So I get it. Well, somebody else that's truly self-centered is Ed because he is so happy for Liz. And oh, my God, <laughs> congratulations, Liz. I just I'm so supportive of you. <laughs> well, he didn't even say I'm so supportive. I love that he was like, well, first off congratulations this is big and I'm like wow way to be sincere and like you couldn't even feign being happy for like 30 seconds yeah he's more excited about um like brand new stickers of his head (laughs) that are being printed yeah so poor Liz she had told him previously I want to go back to work you know I need to like have some independence which yeah of course that makes sense I get that um she's offered partnership at this restaurant which is huge it is absolutely huge And in any, like, loving relationship where there is, like, a genuine 
partnership and an ability to communicate back and forth, this wouldn't be a wrench necessarily. It'd be more like a, oh, let's talk this out. Let's figure out what this is going to mean for our little unit. And let's see if we can make it work. Because I would hate for like you, you, you know, the partner who received this to pass this up. But for Ed, it was like, well, what about me? And what about us? And what about our time together? And like, this is going against our plans. No, no, no. I know it was like, like, I get it. Like, if, if you're going to take a position that's going to increase the amount of time that you're out of the house, and obviously that impacts you as a couple, mm-hmm. you definitely need to talk about it and weigh the pros and cons. But you are not in a loving, supportive relationship if your initial reaction isn't just like pure joy and pride for your partner. Like, getting mm-hmm. an opportunity like this is a huge deal. Even if after you talk it through, you decide, it doesn't make sense for your family, but at least being like, wow, oh my God, like, that's unbelievable. Like, what an mm-hmm. offer. Clearly, they value your work. Like, this is amazing. Instead, it was just like, oh, okay. You know, like, <laughs> that's not how your partner should react to you getting, like, such a big opportunity or promotion. I'm not even going to get into the logistics of, like, how fake I think this is for the show because hasn't Liz been like off of work to hang out with Ed for like a year or something and then they come back and I know and she's off with partnership because she's the one with the longest tenure (laughs) not only that we've just been hearing Liz for the last few episodes saying how like she was literally living out of her car with her daughter which is super sad but like that makes me think she has like no real money saved up so is he just offering this for on sweat equity or like what who knows Mm. If she, this is a real offer, God bless, Liz needs to take it because she is trying to establish a more a solid financial existence for herself to get her daughter back. That should be her mm-hmm. ultimate goal. And instead, she's got to think about, well, what the internet has <laughs> dubbed Ed as the music, music next. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> the music next bugger. <laughs> yeah. It's that she's got to think about his feelings because he wants her home after a certain hour. And I just can't. I think, like, to me, the saddest part of this relationship is that, like, Liz seemed genuinely happy when the footage we saw this week of her at work, which is weird because who's that happy at work? Like, she's literally smiling, glowing. She seems so happy. And the second Ed comes to visit her, it's like, oh, doom and gloom, Eeyore. (laughs) Liz is back and I'm like that's not shouldn't it be the opposite like uh, I mean as much as you love your job wouldn't it be like oh I'm home to my man like so happy and instead it's like the opposite like oh thank god I'm here serving these fucking patrons and away from it <laughs> oh food industry brings me so much joy never a problem to solve here um <clears throat> absolutely I agree and like Ed you can't argue that her being at work is going to take away time from your relationship because you are over there visiting her at work so (laughs) does it really matter exactly just pull up at the bar like usually do order some french fries what is the problem I also love that the other issue that now he's bringing up is like well we were you were talking about leaving San Diego and you were making these plans because you want to leave San Diego now we won't be leaving San Diego and it's like Ed you didn't want to fucking leave San Diego you said your house is there, your business is there, your friends are there, your family's there. Isn't this good that she doesn't want to leave? 
but this little moquito, this little booger, is going to look for anything to to bring down Liz's joy. He likes her affect flat. He really does. And I just hope Liz accepts this real or fake opportunity. We don't know what it is, but oh, God, don't let Ed drag you down, girl. Well, speaking of real or fake, do we think that Chuck having met someone online was real or do you think this is all storyline? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he has a chance. I'm not saying that. It's just, you know, maybe he's not really ready to put himself out there. But if he is, then I hope that his dates show up in the future. <laughs> Listen, I think there are plenty of ladies sliding into the bank sure. of Chuck's e- uh, DMs. OK, so I don't think sure. he has any problem trying to get a lady friend if he wanted. I want to choose to believe that this whole situation was real because sadly, sorry, Chuck, I don't want to like find joy in your misery, but having him being stood up Mm. (laughs) with his daughter and his son-in-law there was hilarious. And then this lady using the COVID excuse, which like, listen, COVID is real. I understand that people get sick. But ma'am, could you not have sent the cancellation text a few hours before the meal? Why did he have to order a water in an app before he was told that you weren't arriving? And the app was a seafood tower. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I think happened? I think she walked in and she was like, the fuck kind of crazy orgy is this man trying to drag me into? Who are these two people? She walked in and she was like, oh, Andres, you oh, hell no. <laughs> I thought I was filming with Chuck. I'm not prepared to film with Andre. I am not ready for this ogre to scream at me from across the table about why I'm not ready to commit to Chuck right away. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, I am sending my best wishes to Chuck. I hope he does find love from someone that is truly real and from someone who, if they get COVID, has the courtesy to text a few hours ahead of time to cancel girl like come on now that was ridiculous and I mean the only other little scene we got from their storyline this week is we see Charlie and his wife talking as usual about their favorite topic which is like Andre and Libby and they're talking about the upcoming counseling session that they will be doing as a family and here comes Chuck talking about I mean Chuck uh, Charlie saying that he kind of wishes that Andre flies off the handle because then the wife is like, yeah, then I'll call immigration. I'll call the cops and we'll get his ass deported. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Okay. So this is really counterproductive to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is this so like, I already did not like this couple. I thought they were assholes (laughs) to begin with. And now the fact that they're just like using someone's immigration status as like a threat is disgusting. But also you're kind of proving Andre's point right where he thinks someone called immigration Mm -hmm. on him and they're like, well, let's just get his ass deported. So Mm -hmm. I can tell the couple to quickly be like, I want to speak to your manager. (laughs) Like and our meals are going to be comped, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, um, we, I'm really looking forward to the family therapy and as much as I do think it's like toxic, toxic and counterproductive for Charlie to have these thoughts, it makes for good TV. So I'm very curious as to what's going to happen. But, um, from one potential crazy meeting to another actual meeting that always has the potential for going crazy, Angela and the goofballs reunite. <laughs> 
which we still don't understand why anyone agreed <laughs> to this meeting. Like, the goofballs don't like being around Angela. Angela hates the goofballs. A bad situation for him because he's trying to keep them apart. Why did anyone agree to this meeting? But I am thankful that they did, if only to get the scene where Angela arrives and asks the goofballs, how did y'all even know I was in town? Just to have the goofball say, well, when we heard from Michael's neighbors that there was a deranged white woman <laughs> destroying property and tearing apart a car, we knew you were in town. Yes, news of a crazy white woman <laughs> destroying property has traveled through the neighborhoods and maybe all of Nigeria by this point. It would have been wonderful to see a scene of Usman, obviously in his storyline, not connected to Angela and Michael at all, uh, arguing with Kimberly, and then him, she, her being like, "Why are you so looking, looking at your phone?" So many like, "No, I just got this crazy text. <laughs> some crazy white woman with horrible weave uh, destroying a car in a Nigerian neighborhood. It's so crazy. She just hulked out, just turned into the Hulk and destroyed shit." <laughs> I honestly at that moment thought that they were going to be like, you geotagged it on Instagram. (laughs) But I I like the way that they heard the news much better. Um, And I really thought that it was like very brave of the goofballs to want to meet with Angela. And I'm sure they put on shirts that they didn't really care about just in case they had like drinks thrown at them or maybe even milkshakes like we saw Kimberly do in Nigeria. They just should have shown up to the meeting with one of those plastic uh, ponchos that they sell at theme parks. <laughs> yes. When you're going to get on a water ride. That's a great idea, actually. That's a great idea. But they came in fairly calm. Like, they just sat down. They're like, we're not trying to stir up shit. But, like, we need to keep it real with you. And since we don't fuck you, <laughs> we don't need to pacify you or bend to your will. So we came here to state our peace. I mean... I understand why everybody was mad in this situation, because if I was Angela, yeah, I'm gonna be mad if one of my man's friends is like, listen, I'm not fucking you, so I don't got to be nice to you or put up with your shit. Like, yeah, I'm not going to like that comment. But to be fair to the goofballs, Angela came in with her stank ass attitude. Angela's always been rude to them. They don't like the way she treats Michael. And so they're like, if Michael's not going to stick up for himself, we're going to stick up for Michael. So, yeah, I get why none of them like each other, but as disrespectful as they were as well, got to be team goofballs. You know, we can't be team Angela on this. We can't be team Angela. You know, you just said, like, Michael needs to stand up for himself. And we saw that um, at the start of the season where he was like, you know, I got to be my own man. So I'm going to start with swimming lessons because I never learned to swim. (laughs) And then I totally, like, forgot to comment on this last time when he was in the pool with Angela. I remember the episode where they met Billy, which I think was last week. He's yeah. like over here doing laps and Angela was like, wow, all that from one lesson. And he's like, yeah, I'm a real boy. I'm a real man. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's at least stuck to swimming because he didn't stick to his guns about keeping his Instagram and standing tall <laughs> on that. And the goofballs pointed that out. And I love that other moment when they were like, you love Instagram, Michael. You love Instagram. How <laughs> And all the dancing, all the time you put into mo- learning the moves for your Instagram, Michael, you're just going to let it go? Michael, where are you seeing uh, servicemen returning from war, reuniting with their pets and their kids? Like, if not on reels. Hey, those are very good stories, okay? I know what's coming, and they get me every time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
it is what it is. Angela came and conquered. She came for the sake of originally, right? Her idea was I'm going to go to Nigeria and I'm going to straighten this man out or leave him. Well, she straightened it out to some degree, came and conquered. She's still married. Uh, I guess things are more smoothed over with the goofballs, but alas, it is time for her to leave and leave poor Michael single. <clears throat> lonely, lonely. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you replicated Michael's Freudian slip <laughs> because <laughs> Angela's over here getting teary talking about like, I hate this part and, you know, we got to be a part and I hate saying goodbye. And Michael's like, yes, yes, yes. I, <laughs> this is horrible. Now she leaves and now I go back to be my single self. I mean, uh, my uh, lonely, depressed <laughs> self who does not do anything on Instagram and definitely doesn't message people or answer God. to DMs. I would have loved a shot, like, as Angela, you know, turns the corner through security. Michael walks away and does, like, a jump and a click of the heels. Yippee! <laughs> no, first we see Michael look at his phone, push that reactivate my account <laughs> button for his Finsta that she doesn't know about. And then does the click of the heels into the sunset. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Angela didn't know about a Finsta. Like he a needs Finsta. a Finsta. If anybody needs one, it's Michael. Oh, for sure. But what I'm saying is like, I just, I get the sense that Angela is not as up on technology. So if you were to run the word Finsta by her, she'd be like, what is that? Like, I have no idea. So Michael's in the clear. I don't know. I'm not going to judge Angela because apparently she's on here doing fucking singing duets on TikTok with random people from Canada. While I'm still watching TikToks three weeks later when they make it onto reels on Instagram. Just stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I mean, that's true. I guess I just figured because Angela doesn't even use hashtags correctly remember she was like i'm over here promoting awareness of like renal disease and all she's hashtagging is awareness and we're like what are you making us aware of (laughs) (laughs) hashtag billy used to be a stripper hashtag have you seen the body (laughs) chippendale billy (laughs) all right well who gets your appreciation ring my appreciation ring this week is going to go to usman's brother not only for keeping his composure during Usman's audacious uh, request that was just so ridiculous, but because I just love when someone is moved to react with the simple, eh? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he put his whole face muscles into that one. <laughs> it gave me Oprah vibes, like not to bring it back to Harry and Meghan, but I don't know if you remember when Harry and Megan did the Oprah sit down and they brought up the whole situation that someone in the royal family had brought up how like what the dark yeah Yeah. and Oprah's just like simple what what that was it's a powerful what <laughs> it was a very powerful what but it was done in a very regal like I am Oprah Winfrey what you know Usman's brother was like I don't have my own network <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a really good that's a really good appreciation ring um mine is going to go to the grapevine that runs through michael's neighborhood because word spread quickly (laughs) got to the goofballs and the goofballs were like take action (laughs) that is a really good one and yes they literally when they say the streets are talking the streets are truly talking really talking it's like i can see it like 
you know, someone um, goes out their window, tells the neighbor, they ever runs through the house to the other window, <laughs> tells the other neighbor, and everyone's got to stay inside and lock up your cars because we don't know what kind of rampage this white woman's on. <laughs> to be fair, if we remember from their first season, I think Michael mentioned that, like, Angela was the first white woman to be visiting the neighborhood. So it would be yeah. quite terrifying to see Nima just fucking tearing, a car, tearing apart a car. She's really fucking it up for future tourists who happen to be white women. <laughs> Why is everyone afraid of us here? Seriously. Oh, oh Lord. Well, let's um, let's see what next week has in store. Until then, thank you all for tuning in another week. And be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app. And kind words. Use that uh, holiday spirit. And mm. Leave that as a present to us. Just say a few words, you know. Don't just say, hey, though, but, you know. <laughs> no, you can say, hey. that's fine by me. <laughs> but, yes, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Don't and bitchy. Bitchy. Oh. bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Bored and bitchy. <laughs>